Lucho Libre. This is Max Castellanos, El Chingón de Texas, here with Benny Berry. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. Grande Libros de Lucho Libre. This is Gringo Loco, and I am calling from Chicago, Illinois, telling you to listen to the Wrestleville Podcast. That's Qatar Podcast. And if you don't, I'm coming after you, and I'm coming after your mama. One love, Gringo Loco. Muy fantastico. Go to Wrestleville.com. Listening to WrestleBill Podcast, where wrestling lives. He's real, he's raw, he's August Artois. You're listening to the WrestleBill Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest this episode is August Artois, professional wrestler of 23 months. How are you doing today, sir? Thank you for coming on. I'm doing a lot better than you. Talk to me a little bit about your career. You've been in it 23 months. Tell me, how did you you get involved? It's pretty simple. Uh, you know, I, I'll rewind a little bit. At the age of 16, I was a lead singer of a metal band, Frontman. We got signed to Metal Blade Records, which was one of the top three metal record companies out. We were, like I said, we were 16 years old, toured 48 states. So... Uh, being being the man, you know, front and center, and, and and being in the spotlight, it's been nothing new to me. So you know that ended when I was eighteen. Then I traveled the world. I went to eight different countries. I visited a few more states again. Then I realized I was like, damn, man. Uh, you know, some people said, you know, it's too late. You know, you're too old, man. I think I was like thirty at the time or uh, thirty one. Everyone was like, you know, it's, it's too late, man. It's gonna take you too long to to get started and get the ball rolling. And, like you said, 23 months later, and I, I am light years past, you know, anybody who, who I've started with. There's there's guys in my inbox that have been doing this for five, 10 years asking me, you know, what can I do to be better? Or what can I what can I do with my character and this and that? You know, they're picking they're picking the brain of a guy that's 23 months in the business and asking me about their in-ring, their 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 promos and this and that. And you know, even down to the the fact of getting booked and their resumes. So, you know, people always question why I call myself a veteran. And to be a veteran, you know, there's a it's not it's not how long you've done it. You, you've been doing it. It's it's the way you handle yourself in the business. And since day one, I, I've I just I've had that veteran state of mind, and the people respect it, and they they that's what they call me, the veteran. He's real. He's raw. He's August R twelve. Has a nice ring to it, right? Frick yeah, frick yeah, frick yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, you you love wrestling. Obviously, you you feel like you found like a formula that works for you. What you what, said? I love wrestling. Yes. Oh no no no! I don't love wrestling, not at all. Um, there's actually the company I'm sponsored by, Wrestling Over Everything. They actually have a custom T-shirt that says August Artois Over Wrestling Over Everything. Wrestling is just a platform. Um, I'm August Artois. I'm just, you know, I could stand on the corner and just, you know, flex and people would come see me do that. So wrestling is just a platform. I do not love it. It's pretty, it's, it's, it's fun. It's cool. I'm good at it, but I don't love it. Talk to me a little bit about your career and where you, where you started. I, was it in Florida? Good question. Yes, it, it was. Uh, well, actually, 
I was in Cleveland, Ohio, and that's when I made the decision. I was like, I want to do this. I went to a local ring and I realized that they were they were just all dog crap and none of them were good and none of them were on my level or taken seriously like I did. So I came down to Florida, the Mecca of, you know, where uh, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle and all them came from WWN. Uh, Austin Theory was a WWN champion, FIP champion, which are the companies that I work for. So so I went exactly to where like, everybody that just made it. I'm, I'm going where they just came from. So I guess we'll, we'll start off with before I had my first match, I was an extra on raw um i was in a segment with vince mcmahon as a security guard then i had my first match after only two months of training which at my school was like five nights of training so after five nights of training i had my first match and then just kept going next thing you know i was main eventing and i haven't done a lot of matches i've done i think this is my 71st or 72nd match coming up and everyone asked you know they're like well i've done three four hundred matches by then but I've never been to the one to um, downplay myself. I'm not going to come to your show and give you all of me for 20 bucks. I, I don't need it. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, uh, I stay relevant, you know, even, even the weeks that I'm not booked. You know, I had someone hit me up last night. Like, you know, how was your show this last weekend? I was like, I wasn't booked this last weekend. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. You were. I saw clips. No, you saw clips from a match that I had like eight months ago but I stay relevant in that, in that way. And so moving forward, then I did SmackDown as a security guard with Vince before my first match. Then I had my first match. Then I was on raw. I was in um, retribution with the masks and the gang that came out and terrorized everything. Um, I was an extra on NXT takeover. I was, uh, I was the bunny rabbit on WrestleMania that hopped down the, 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 with the Miz hopped down the ramp. So I, I've had my fun with that. And, you know, that was a, a all I needed. I, I just didn't like being an extra moving forward. I just kept main eventing pay-per-viewing. I started winning titles here, titles there. I had, I think five titles altogether. I currently have one at division pro. I, I'm, I'm different. I, I came out and I broke all the rules. I didn't wait in line. You know, there, there's a, you know, if you're familiar with the business at all, there's a rule in this that you get in, you start training. It's yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. And it's, you know, just show up, take down the ring and just bring your gear in hopes they'll book you. And it's never been like that for me. I came in, I started working and, you know, promoters are, are, are in my inbox telling me like, you should change your attitude. What attitude? August Artois attitude. So like a lot of these guys were like, uh, in another word, and I hate using it, but like they were getting worked over me coming in the business because nobody knew who I was. And they didn't like that. I was so good, so fast, getting so many opportunities. So people would start, you know, promoters would hit me up and be like, hey, you should change your character because it's uh, you're coming off. You're coming off, you know, like a bad guy and people are talking about you. Cool. Any any publicity is good publicity. So the people that matter in this business know who I am and what I'm doing. The people that don't and that are in my inbox telling me to calm down. Um, I, I need to be pulled back a little bit. There needs to be a leash on me and I need to watch my mouth do, you know, watch the way I interact with fans. The fans aren't complaining. It's the it's the it's the boys in the back, and it's the guys that aren't me that have been doing this for twenty years. You know, my my coaches has told me many times. There's been an earful of guys that are just, hey, you know, uh, it's not looking good on you. You're the coach of this kid. It's not looking good. He just said, you know, go tell him. I dare you. Go go tell him that he needs to calm down. Like nobody's gonna. And I've had some big names in this business tell me that I'm doing absolutely nothing wrong as long as I am professional and serious behind. The curtain, whatever goes on out there, have fun as long as you don't get stabbed, which I have been stabbed. Some of the, I guess, bad guys, so to speak, that has happened a time or two. Was it by a fan? Oh, yeah. A fan stabbed me three times with a safety pin. 
I've had a rock thrown through my window. I've had multiple death threats. Uh, I was told to wear a bulletproof vest to the Atlanta show I had, or the show. I don't know if it was no, it wasn't Atlanta. It was the outskirts of Atlanta, one of those redneck t- cities. But they were like, if you can get a bulletproof vest, you know, I'd bring one. I was like, wait a minute, this is a private message. Like, are you serious? And they're like, I, I just bring it just in case. I was like, oh, well, then you you're obviously doing something right. But it was like before I was even a wrestler. It's always been like this. Like when I was in a metal band, like people just didn't like me because like th- there was this local band that like all the kids in school like to go to their parties and because they played locally and they're like, yeah, rock on, this band's so cool. And then all of a sudden the lead singer fell in love and got a girl pregnant, so he left. And at the time I was, I was one who like openly listened to rap music and, you know, would wear, not in the sense of like sagging them off my ass or anything, but like I'd wear a FUBU jersey and, and nice stuff like this. So I joined this metal band and people were blown away. And I, as soon as I joined the band, we got really good. We got signed to a major company and we missed three months of school because we started touring with this major company across the country. So, I mean, like, I'm not the kind of guy that says like, well, why do they not like me? I get it. I wouldn't like me either. If I like, I always put it this way. Say you work at Walmart and you're a cashier and you're a cashier for five, six, seven years. And all of a sudden I start working there. I'm a cashier and you, and you move over to like, you know, floor manager. And now next thing you know, within a week, I go from, from cashier past your floor manager position. Now I'm the supervisor. I would hate me too. Like it's, it's just, it's just a common, common, um, whatever i don't know where i'm looking for it's like a common thing between people i would it's just a sense that you 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 would automatically just despise that person unless you knew that person and like grew up with that person you'd be like good for you man i'm really proud of you but a lot of people just don't like me and i get it talk to me a little bit about what you're doing with control your narrative that that thing's on fire and it's going on tour this fall Talk to me a little bit about it. What's your role? My role is just simply being me. And that's why I fit so good into control your narrative, because I think it was like up, up to 18 months. Like, yeah. About 18 months, 17 months in is when I found control your narrative. They found me and me and EC3 just clicked. Um, I've always been brutally honest with anybody and everybody. That's just how I was raised. And I've never seen anybody with like a title of like, XWWE or you know what I'm saying like I, I, I treat everybody with respect from XWWE guys to current WWE guys to the little lady at the grocery store so the, you know I think he just respected the fact that I was real you know pardon the pun but the pun is me I'm real and I'm raw I'm August Artois and like it was so easy for me to do that because my whole life I've been real and raw I've been known as the asshole for telling it how it is and you know a girl would come up at the club and she'd be like pull up her shirt and show me her stomach and be like, what do you think? And I'd be like, you could lose a little bit of weight. Screw you. And I'm like, well, why screw me? You should have went up and you should have went up to me and said, tell me I'm beautiful. I would have been like, you're beautiful. But if you ask me literally what I think, I will tell you with no holdback at all. And some people really respect that. And some people don't, but in life, everybody's like, man, I wish you were honest. Well, here's the truth. I don't want that truth. Well, sorry. I know exactly what you're talking about. Cool. There, there's no gray area with me. Good. There's been a lot of times in life where I've been sitting there and overthinking, like, what they mean by that? Was there a backside to that? Or was that, like, two-faced story? Like, just, if I don't like you, you're going to know. If I do like you, you're going to know. 
So for the fans that might not know anything about Control Your Narrative. Tell them to look it up. We're, we're we're in the age of we're in the age of of media. Google it. I'm not going to sit here and waste my podcast. But if you you can go to controlyournarrative.com, you can buy my merch, August Artois. You can get I have two T-shirts on there. Um, you can go to the Control Your Narrative Instagram and keep up with everything. We're currently working with NWA, which is everyone knows NWA, the old school nostalgia company. Currently working with them. Currently working with the tour. We got a lot of stuff going on with Control Your Narrative. Looking for uh, currently accepting sponsors right now. Control Your Narrative and August Artois. Open, open, open. So there's a lot of guys on the the tour. Jake Logan is on there. Dante Smiley, Fodder, EC3. What is it like to work with those guys? It's 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 effortless because these guys are professionals. Where they're all from, and I, well, I've always said this. I feel like. When the universe started, one day we were all supposed to meet each other because we're all just, we all mesh so well because in all of our different territories or, you know, they're not territories anymore, but in all of our locations, we are the top guys in our locations and we do it like no no other people do. So putting us all together on one show, it's just, it's astounding. I, I bet it is. I Because I, I've seen a lot of those. I know guys. it is. Not betting. You don't have to bet. I know. I know for a fact, bud. I've seen a lot of those guys work individually and they're pretty incredible. So to have them all on one they're show. Good. They're, good. they're no August Artois, but they're good. They're, they're darn good. <laughs> so what do you do to stay in shape and keep yourself healthy? We we know that professional wrestling is a very uh, physical sport. What do you do? I don't do anything. I drink a gallon of milk a day. I just got home from the gym, which I honestly got it like, I hate saying it because there's a lot of people who go and like they work really hard, but I give it like 60% in the gym. You know, I go every day. I might skip a day like every three or four weeks, but I go every day and I do at least something, but I, I don't, <laughs> I do it like 60% and I don't give it my full effort and I am, I'm in great shape. I look awesome. But like this right here, I just got home and there's seven raw eggs ice cream, vanilla ice cream, French vanilla flavoring, and some whole milk. And then after this is done, I'll probably take a nap. And then to let the, you know, to let the, the muscles, you know, recuperate. And then I'll probably wake up and then I'll drink three of these full of whole milk for the rest of the night and probably eat a meal later. But I don't, I eat junk food. I don't watch what I eat. I don't count my cat. Like, I think that's, that's insane to me to like count your calories and to weigh out your food and you're, you're, you're right. How much rice do I want to eat? A couple scoops. I'm not going to tell you, well, yeah, I need like 4.16 grams of rice and 8.16 ounces of chicken. Like, nah, man, just give me that, give me that breast and a scoop of rice. <laughs> and people are, you know, watch, do you watch your calorie? You know, what's your calorie intake and what's your protein intake? And uh, what, what, what carbs are you eating? I'm like, I, I don't know. My, I have a great metabolism and I have great genes, so I'm just going to um, stay in shape forever. I'll always look great. Like before I even, like I just started working out probably like two years ago. I just started working out just because I was like, well, I'm a, you know, my coach was like, you're going to be a wrestler. You got to work out. I was like, oh, okay. I worked out for like two days and he's like, are you on gas? Which is steroids. And I was like, no. 
he's like two days and you're that jacked already. I was like, ah, that's just how I like, I'll do 20 pushups. Like if I dropped down right now and did 20 pushups out of camera and got back on camera, I'd be like sitting like this. It's just, it's weird. I like it. Mention some of the guys that you've had some matches with that, that you felt like you had some good work with in the ring. Weston Blake. Enzo used to be known as Enzo Amore, but that was a very short match, but I feel like I delivered well. Weston Blake, BJ Mecca, um, Shane Douglas. I knocked the hell out of him and took his title. Garrett Bischoff, Big Cass, W. Morrissey or whatever his name is now. I've been in the ring with some uh, pretty good names. Colby Carino I, I just had a match with, and um, some of them I've lost, which I didn't I, – I, I don't give you know, I don't care what, what your name is and what your legacy is. And if, if I lose, then screw that match. I don't I don't care for it. But if I win, woo, I beat a legend. What is it like to step in the ring with someone like him who who has been around the, the business? Nothing. No. Just another person. I don't see that because like I, I I watched wrestling up until I think it was like two thousand one or something like that. And then I stopped watching up until 2000. Yeah, it was wow. 2018 is when I started watching again. WrestleMania, I think it was 2018. So I didn't watch for a very, like, I watched the Attitude Era. And then as soon as the Attitude Era started fizzling out, I stopped watching for a very long time. And I, and that's why, like, my outlook on professional wrestling is so different because everyone else is like comparing themselves to all these guys that, that I didn't watch for 17 years or 16 years. And so they're like, yeah, that, that's unique because all my ideas come from real life situations that I've been in or movies that I've seen or music that I listen to. You know, a lot of these guys are like, let's go back and study, you know, study wrestling. Like the moves don't matter. What do you remember about like The Rock, Stone Cold, The Undertaker? You remember their character. You remember what they brought in the essence of, wow, like that's amazing to look at. Who give all their finishing moves like a choke slam? a stunner, a rock bottom, like they're all of their moves were, vi- and then the rest of the rest of their moveset was punches and kicks and stuff, you know, with a few signature moves here and there. So that's a lot of these guys these days, they like to jump, kick, jump, kick, flip, jump, kick, flip, jump, kick, flip. And the audience is like, yeah, I mean, that's cool, but that's what Disney's for. That's what universe, you know, universal studios is for and movies and stuff. Like, if you get you get hit with a pile driver that's known for taking guys out from from the seventies up until now, known known for ending careers and taking guys out. You get hit with like three pile drivers and pop back up and yeah, like what? So I just I feel like wrestling's getting ruined, but I'm doing everything in my power to save it. I'm glad to hear that because I I kind of have the same argument as you do. As you know, I, I sometimes I go to these shows early and I set up my booth and. I'll watch these guys and and I mean it's just choreography, right? They're just keep on practicing, practicing, practicing. And when when you get to the time of the match and you see the spot that they've worked on for a half hour, you know, while I was setting up, it doesn't even it doesn't even play out right. You know, it's like <laughs> it, it doesn't even you because well, life doesn't play out right. Like you're you're in a if you're in a bar fight, you're not gonna be like, all right, man, duck this and here we go. Like just go out there, go out there and see what happens a lot. You know, I think, you know, when I first started, I was, you know, a lot of my stuff was all right, this and that, this and that. Now it's like, Hey man, like see you out there, brother. (laughs) Right. 
I've been recently talking to Black Bart, and he was like, look, man, we called it in the ring every single night. We didn't know anything but the finish. He said, these guys today, he says, I, I'm I'm show up to some matches because, you know, he'll help at some promotions and whatnot. But he said that he sees these guys sitting back there for hours and hours and hours. And he's just like, what are they doing? It's pathetic, man. And it's and the bad thing is, like, there's a lot of old school guys that are like, that's stupid. Stop doing that. But then there's like a small fraction of old school guys that are like, hell yeah, that's cool. So they keep doing it. And those that small fraction of old school guys have a higher level of respect, I guess. So whatever delusional thing they think is cool, everybody else will do. So other than control your narrative, where can fans find you? What are some of the things you're doing, August? They can go on my Instagram. Like, I'm not going to give my my username because you can just type in August Artois, A-R-T-O-I-S. It'll pop up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My cat's going crazy. Um, yeah, I'm not going to... I'm not going to be a puppet on a shelf and break down my whole schedule. They can look it up. They can see my flyers, my promos, my shirtless pictures. Soon they can go on Patreon, Patreon or whatever. As soon as it gets set up, and they can see other stuff. Not not like my wiener or anything. Just like other stuff. <laughs> a lot of people might say that you're you're arrogant, you're cocky. What is it that you think that you know you bring to the table? What what makes you so good, August? I'm different. I'm some people get in this business and they just they, they really want to have it, but then some people are just born with it. Like just tracing back to me just being a, a lead singer. Like it really takes it really takes a unique person to lead a band and to to take orchestra of an entire crowd and have all that pressure just on yourself. So to do this. It's it's seriously it's the, one of the easiest things. Like the hard part is stay like keeping doing it because there's like so many people in this business that just suck, and there's a lot of people. There's even more people that are like terrible people um, in real life. So being a real and like raw, honest, blunt person, it's really hard to be in this business because it just gets boring after a while. And plus, like being I'm very impatient. So like I went out like 23 months. I should be maybe just now starting to like main event and dipping my toes in a local company, but I've already been, you know, up and down the East coast. I've been uh, Cleveland, Detroit with CYN and I've wrestled big names and I've done big dream mania. I wrestled a kid with down syndrome uh, for a fundraiser. You know, I've done, I've been in a music video already with Tommy Vex, the, uh, the war you wanted. I'm a, I'm starting in that. It's a music video on YouTube. Um, I've been on m multiple platforms of WWE. Like I've done a lot in 23 months to the point now where it's like, it's, it's boring. And then like, I, on top of that, like, like I said earlier, I've got like guys hitting me up. Like, what do you do to stay relevant? Like this, this stuff isn't, it's not hard to be honest. Like, 90% of the fans are just people that are going to, they're going to just fall to the next person and like the next person. So keep giving them stuff to, to like or hate or whatever. But a lot of people get, they get content and they get uh, comfortable with where they're at. And they're like, all right, I got 800 fans. That works. Then you stop caring about those 800 fans because you're, you're content and you're comfortable. 
then that those numbers fall down and they they'll never get back up because then they know that you're just a piece of work. And correct me if I'm wrong because I'm sure you will. I will. But I will. <laughs> Uh, you you said you get you get bored with it. So what what would what would keep you from getting bored? Money, <laughs> a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not dumb, and I know that like I'm not gonna. A lot of these guys will like get their opportunities, and they'll get egged on for years and years and years, knowing darn well that um, they're not going anywhere. They know they have they have nothing to offer but they're a stepping stone. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what they truly are or they're easily usable and they're a, a complacent person. They'll fill in any opportunity for any amount of money. They hold on to that. And I'm the kind of person that's like, even in a relationship, like if I'm dating a girl and we're just dating and like, we never talk about moving forward or moving on to the next step in our relationship. I'm going to get bored with that too. I'm going to, I always want something to progress until finally I'm where I, I want to be. And like I said, it's, I'm not, I'm making good money right now, but I'm not making the best. I'm not making enough to be like, hell yeah. So until that happens, but there's, there's no time stamp on how long, how long I'm going to do this. One day I might wake up and go, well, I'm done. Or I might do this for another three or four or five, six, seven, 12 years. I don't know. When you when you look at pro wrestling, just to kind of sum it up, you know, you you told me that it was easy. You know, you consider yourself a veteran. What is it you think that some people get hung up on? That they're not me, and that's and like I explained earlier, I I, I get it, but like I did, my coach wasn't. There's a lot of kids that go to like Nightmare Factory for, simply for the fact that they can say Cody Rhodes trained me. Like he he didn't. He wasn't there. He might have stopped in once in a while, but, you know, or they go to flatbacks because it was like, you know, guys that were signed. So a lot of people went to schools that had names because they knew that those names had connections. My coach was never a big name star. He's respected in the business, but he's not a Francisco Piazza. He's not a big name star. So, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't have a big name star. My family wasn't into wrestling. I don't come from a wrestling family. I don't come from money. I didn't buy my way in. I literally went against the grain my entire career so far, and I'm doing very well. So um, I guess that that's why that's what people don't like. A lot of people are like still they've been doing it for three years and they're you know showing up hours before the show to just to help set up the ring, just to be told no, to go sit in the crowd and, and pay for a ticket to watch the show. That'll never happen to me. I got way too much pride to let stuff like that happen to me. So, and I guess that's what, like my aura is different. I project differently. My, my coach even said like, I'm not, I'm not seven foot tall. My coach said, when I first stepped out my first match, I came out like I was seven foot tall. That's just the way that I've always handled myself my entire life. And that's why I say, like, people, a lot of this bit, this business has a lot of, like, youth in it and a lot of kids in it. So some people need to grow up before they can start doing stuff like this and hand, handle some real-life situations before they come into this. Because, like you said, it's like a, it's like a, a rehearsal. It's like, a, like you're at a Broadway play watching people dance around. And the acting, acting is terrible. And there's no real-life essence to anything anymore. I'm rambling. And that's okay. So anything you'd like to share with the fans before we go ahead and wrap this up? 
Yeah, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook, um, follow my YouTube, subscribe, buy my merch. You can go to controlyournarrative.com and go to the merch section of talent, buy my stuff. You can hit me up personally. I sell stuff like pictures and stickers and uh, shirts and stuff. Um, tell your local promoter that you want me there. And if you don't, like I mentioned, I don't care. <laughs> Well, August, it has been a pleasure talking to you. For for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for coming on. You're welcome for me coming. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories including Harley Race, Barrett Brown, Ricky Morton, Wardell Walker, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 400 photos from the independent scene. Get your book today by going to Russellville.com. Russellville. It's, it's where wrestling, wrestling lives. lives.